To your best bets, U.S. Open week, third major of the year at L.A. Country Club this week. We're going to talk about tonight, briefly review the Canadian Open, and uh, talk about just golf in general and see if we have any further thoughts on the uh, PGA Tour Live merger that we talked about earlier last week. Joining me, once again, Johnny Strauser. Johnny, did I see you uh, on the 14th hole at the rink today, or was that just a lookalike? That that could have been me and and everything. And I used to know the most of the lyrics to the Canadian national anthem, which, first of all, is a very good, very 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 good national anthem. Good anthem. But God, every time they had to sing it, every time a Canadian player stepped up to the tee. Uh, was, was, we got a little annoying, but, uh, I don't think that was me, but it, you know, I I'm from Michigan. So people joke with me that they think that uh, I go to, you know, I'm Canadian, but, uh, I am most certainly not, even though I have to drive South when, you know, from my house, from my parents' house to get to Canada. Uh, I am, I'm as, as American as they can be. I was going to say maybe Michiganers get adopted as as canadians i don't know but um you know it was worse than than them singing the anthem every time was cbs lingering on the coverage while they got through the anthem um multiple times for Corey connors adam hadwin then later on nick taylor and then also horrible was just and i, I don't know since you you were working but just an unending amount of hockey references throughout the coverage, especially by Colt Nost. And I, I like Colt Nost, but he did, he was especially terrible today and he was getting, he was getting a lot of flack on Twitter for being terrible. And I agreed with it. Um, I mean, I mean, I was just like, can we move on to like another thing, another, like, give me something else, but that's really all they had. Well, uh, you, you know how golf coverage loves to beat something to death as much as they can, like, not yeah. sure if you know this, but uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are childhood buddies right. that played in golf tournaments together that, that, that may have been mentioned just like, I didn't actually have the volume up. So didn't have the privilege of hearing all of the, uh, the hockey references, but you know, whether you like hockey or whether you hate hockey, when they use the terminology, probably at, at wit's end, it's gotta be, aggravating but uh you know without that though i mean it ended up being a you know for a a tournament that really doesn't get a whole lot of uh um, publicity or i guess you know respect here in the in the united states kind of it's kind of a a, of an an off week type event you know i thought the golf tournament was pretty damn good i thought it was pretty pretty cool to see the you know how passionate the canadian fans were and then end up seeing a uh, a Canadian golfer in in Nick Taylor win that, and that was the first time in what fifty some years that a Canadian golfer had won uh, won the Canadian Open. So pretty neat, and and the whole story, you know, uh, the whole event, especially that, that that finish of it, was 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 quite astounding. Yeah, it was it was a really good tournament. I mean, the back nine, I mean, I guess the front nine started with eight, nine, ten guys that had a legitimate chance of winning, and then it filtered out to a few and then it filtered out to just a couple. 
Um, I do know one thing. Tommy Fleetwood cannot play that 18th hole as weird and quirky and awful as it is. I mean, uh, he, he really should have won the golf tournament. I think he was minus 400 standing on 18T. I guess the assumption was he could hit four iron, four iron, and, and two putt for the win. And uh, he could not do that. He made poor decisions, poor, he executed poorly. And, um, he really, I really felt like he gave that one away. And, um, you know, unfortunately I was on the betting side of Tommy Fleetwood once again, and I, I thought we had this one. I really did. He birdied 16 and 17 and I, I'm like, okay, this is it. It's, it's all set up and, uh, just couldn't get it done there on the 72nd hole. Unfortunately, uh, I had him in a parlay with, I think I got him basically at 50 to one, um, which was, it was a good number, but Nick Taylor, uh, actually under the radar, really, really good season. Um, kind of looking at his, his numbers and his finishes throughout the year. I mean, he had that runner up to Scotty at the Phoenix open. I think that was already kind of forgotten some other top tens, a lot of top 25s. Uh, so I think he's top 10, in the FedEx cup standings, which I think at this point, and we're far enough in the season where I think he'll probably be in the tour championship. So good on Nick Taylor. Um, pretty good player for for a while. He's he's been on the tour for a while, but this is uh I mean, this was a pretty awesome moment, I do have to say. I mean, even even on the losing side of the bet, I mean it was very, very cool watching that happen. Um so good on him. Um you know, we're recording this Sunday night as a, as opposed to Monday night. So we got some of the immediate reaction, but um, I, I think, I think to me, the highlight was Adam Hadwin sprinting on the green with champagne to celebrate with his friend and just getting bulldozed by Ray Lewis, the security guard yet holding on to the bottle while he went down to the ground. I was pretty impressed by it. The whole, the whole thing was amazing. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and anybody who didn't see it, go to Twitter. Go, you know, I'm sure it'll be on YouTube. Just, just Google, you know, 2023 Canadian Open Adam Hadwin, and, and watch this open field tackle. I mean, you really have to. The security guard just really had uh, a good form. He had good recognition, first of all. And I think that's an underrated part of that tackle. He didn't have a credential on, and and to be able to recognize uh, of of a long haired dude in a hat and a hoodie not having a credential coming at the winner that that type of that's like bad nine like like 99 rating on the awareness so first of all good on the security guard of doing that and then to get him squared up like that where he squared up his shoulders and his hips you know it was just a form tackle and and didn't let him go and just made sure he just wrestled him to the ground and you know he went a little bit high on him you know but i i don't mind that because the security guard looked you know looked pretty tall there so you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, using his, uh, um, you know, good form, the height and everything to get the guy down. And that was just pretty amazing there. So that was my Tony Romo type, uh, um, analysis of the, of the tackle, but pretty crazy moment though, to see, he's just going out there to celebrate with his buddies, had a big bottle of champagne and just gets, just gets floored. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, but pr- no. pretty funny there. Um, uh, and hopefully that, turns out to where you know it doesn't turn into like a, a a weird or ugly moment you know down the road or anything like that you know like where bernie the heat mascot got laid out by you know conor mcgregor at halftime of the the, the uh <laughs> the game four game four game five whatever game four um, you know something like that you know where he's going to er but uh but yeah pretty funny moment there and uh you know the the i told you the call by jim nance um with you know they're the 
Canadian anthem. I think he said what glorious and free or something like that when he when he buried it. And I was like, that's that's uh, that's kind of creative there. And then just casually mentions Adam Hadwin getting decleated on the 18th green there. So um, pretty cool though to see the whole finish and everything like that. And and I know we're gonna eventually you know one of these days talk about you know and I, I about live and I you know you like to compare it to live. This was uh, you know a very you know, it's, it, the Canadians like the event. It's just a whatever on the on the American side. But to see the fans come out and the 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 cheering for for Nick Taylor and the other Canadians and the finish of that. You know, we were talking about we're a mediocre golf course. The 18th hole was not a good hole, and you know, you had Fleetwood, who's who's a household name among golf fans, but he's not. You know, he's not a John Rahm or, or Scotty Scheffler type thing, but to, to have that kind of a finish um, is pretty cool stuff. And that's that's the stuff that the PGA Tour is always and hopefully always going to continue to 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 have and to that they can possess is the, you know, where you can you can earn your victory. and The victories mean so much rather than the guaranteed type money that you know, make carry less passion with the golf tournaments, but you know, all in all pretty cool Sunday, I thought for, uh, um, you know, for a week before major championship. And I'm looking forward to this, taking this type of excitement for, for tournament golf and, and, you know, bringing it over to, uh, the U S open, which starts this week. I'm glad you mentioned the, the, the live reference and, and the finish of this tournament and, just kind of how that compares because I did think of that right away. Actually, I'm like, this was, this was unbelievable energy and excitement and just like pure joy and happiness. It, it sounds kind of cheesy, but it really, really was from, I mean, from the fans. And um, it was kind of cool also to see like Shane Lowry and Hatton and Justin Rose out there rooting for Fleetwood, trying to get his first PGA Tour win. On the other side, Hadwin and Connors rooting for the Canadian. It kind of had a Ryder Cup feel, a little bit President's Cup feel, whatever. But um, I did, I did think that I'm like, you can't, you can't put a, a price on something like this to a Canadian player actually winning it um, for the first time in forever. I mean, if you replace Nick Taylor with Corey Connors or Adam Hadwin or I don't know, Taylor Pendrith, whoever, one of the better Canadian players. I mean, I'm sure they would, they would say it's, it's up there with the majors in their mind. Um, so very, very cool. Uh, I think it was, it was, it was a, it was a win, a mini win for the tour after the week that has been with all the news and the merger and, and some of the negative feedback with obviously Jay Monahan and just kind of, the uncertainty of what is going on and what is going to happen and what, how are things going to be? No one really knows. This was nice to enjoy at least for a day. Um, but we got to move forward. Um, we got to talk about, um, I, I think something you and I were, we've been talking about for a couple of years and that's, that's the U S open um, at LA country club. I mean, this, I, th- I think for golf course or golf architecture nerds, and, and I think you and I are at least somewhat in that class, we are so excited to see this golf course on TV for the U.S. Open. Um, you know, we've seen it a couple times in the last decade. Um, Walker Cup uh, was there, I think, in, was it 2017? Is that right? With that, like the Morikawa team and Zalatoris and Scotty were on that team. 
Um, but I mean, I think this was announced in 2014 that the U S open was going to be here. Um, just in the last two or three years, I think the excitement has really built, um, after you've seen videos and photos come out, there's a great, um, uh, 20 minute video with amazing drone shots, flyovers on the fried egg. If anyone follows that Andy Johnson, he's great at this and they do a great job of really showcasing the course and just giving you the ins and outs of specific holes and really just building the excitement of it. So I, I would highly suggest that, um, your thoughts on the golf course before we get into the field and what it means as the third major of the year. I, I did a lot of research on it this this winter, read as much as I could on it because I was fascinated. I do remember watching that Walker Cup, um, you know, about five years, five, six years ago, and just being just smitten with how how the golf course looks. And um, one of the the things I first when I first looked at it um it looked like a lot of the Australian sandbelt courses like Royal Melbourne and, uh, mm. and, and all the other ones that they've got in within like a 15 mile radius or whatever it is of each other. And they're just, to me, those just so, so pretty looking the bunkering and the, the manicured areas. And this golf course is going to be, it's going to be, in my opinion, one of the better ones that we're going to see in, in any major championship and you could throw out Augusta national cause it's there every year. And we just know how incredible that is, but just as far as to me, eye pleasing and challenging as we'll get on, on any U S open or PGA championship, just because of, of how it is. It's, it's got wider fairways. It's, I don't think it's ridiculously long. Although I think they've lengthened it in places, but it's not, it, it's a, it's a second shot golf course. And I like those because that means green complexes, are are very uh very creative it's got it's got angled greens that aren't you're aren't coming straight in you're you know you've got to look at that because you've got bunkers that are short right or bunkers that are short left and you've got to think about different ways to come into it so it's going to have the white fairways and it's got to where players are going to have to kind of play the golf course backwards they're going to see where the pin's at and they're going to place their tee shot there and what do we talk about just a week ago here when we were talking about Riverbend. So I'm not saying it is Riverbend, but I'm saying just the type of golf course that that you'll see is where you've got to play it a certain way. And so those people who play Riverbend can understand what I'm saying is, is you got to come in with certain angles there. So the the golf course from from what I've uh what I've heard on Twitter uh for guys that have arrived early is they say it's very, very fair. Um it's it's probably not gonna be like a Shinnecock where they can they could push the uh, push it to where it's it's borderline not, but it'll be very very playable. It'll be very very hard, um, but the golf course, like I said to me, just reminds me of those sandbelt courses, which are great with the bunkering and and the angles and and I'm looking forward to it because, it, like I said, being a second shot golf course, I, I like the golfers whether to bet on them or to watch them. I love the golfers that are great iron players. I just think that's a, that's a fantastic uh, uh, quality to have as, as a golfer. And I just like watching those guys. So for me, this is just like, this is like the, the U S open, the event of of the last decade or whatever that I've wanted to watch. And I can't wait to see it. Helps that it's in a prime time as well. We've talked yes. about the, the, our love of the prime time U S open. 
Um, so that's going to be awesome. I, yeah, I, a lot of what you said, I, 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 I've read or seen some of the sim- similar things or similar comparisons. Um, George Thomas designed, so he also designed Riviera uh, Country Club, one of the, I mean, jewels in our country as far as golf courses. Um, the redesign in 2010, led by Gil Hance, who has proven to be one of the best uh, modern day designers or you know renovators, whatever you want to title him as now. Um, widen the fairways like you said but i think it's key it's good to know that a lot of these holes and if you watch the video that i mentioned or others that are out there it's it's sure there's 75 yard fairways but it's precision and knowing where to be in in some of those fairways the hole 13 is going to be i think the hardest hole of the week it's playing over 500 yards obviously it's par four but if you're on the left side of that fairway you have a clear shot or clear vision into the green but if you kind of miss it to the center or the right side of the fairway it trundles down into this big valley where you are have a completely blind second shot into the green and it's demanding and it's i mean it it probably adds a half a shot to the hole just by being on the left side of the fairway versus the right and i think there's a lot of holes where placement of your tee shot in the fairway is critical um I think on the bingo card of things you'll hear this week, Barranca is one of those, uh, one of those words you've seen this at Riviera as well. Um, I actually, I actually wanted to make sure I was spelling it right today. So I Googled Barranca. So that's in my phone now. Um, but they went, when they did the redesign, they went back in because, um, LACC had become it become too predictable when you hit it in there that you were going to get a reasonable lie, and actually part of the redesign was making it more rugged, variable lies. So you're not you could get a good lie in there, but you could also have something close to unplayable or uh, really tough to manage where you just have to chop it out. So I'm really interested to see how um, that plays out. Fascinating placement of the golf course, though. It's kind of like right in the, the you know, one of the busiest areas uh, of L.A., um, kind of in a canyon. So there's a lot of holes that come up and then they come back down. Um, I think the natural terrain of the course, it just looks awesome. You had a great comparison. I, I had some uh, feels of, of Augusta, I mean, with some of these um, uneven lies in the fairway, some of the roll-offs, um, uh, you know, short or longer the green. Uh, number six, I don't know if you've seen that hole, the short par four where it's blind, a blind tee shot with the tree. Um, you could lay up, you could go for the green, but fascinating strategy hole. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to look great on TV. And I think it could prove to be one of the more memorable U.S. Opens we've had in the last 20, 25 years um, because I expect um, the cream to rise of the crop that, this week uh cream rise to the top this week because i just i really think over the course of 72 holes we're going to see um the better players win here um i don't know so any other thoughts before we move on to the field and the odds and our thoughts of what what we're going to see from a player perspective this week yeah i mean you're right a lot you're absolutely right in all that and you know you view it they always the U.S. Open is the ultimate test where it tests every club in the bag and it's going to really, um, you know, you, it's not going to promote necessarily a, a, a single style or, or I guess, you know, your long, or I mean, your irons versus your woods and everything because they want everything to, 
you know, to, to be affected there. One of the things that's going to be very interesting is, yes, I said there's the, the wide fairways, and you mentioned that there's a lot of slopes in those fairways. So they're going to play smaller, uh, play, play with much less room, but also that rough, most of the time when they grow deep rough at, at these U.S. Open golf courses, primarily they're going to be in the Midwest or, or Northeast, they're going to have either bent grass or like a poana grass rough that is thick. Uh, this is actually Bermuda rough, and it's only going to be about four inches. But Bermuda rough, when it grows long, grows like spongy but wiry, and and the ball has the ball is too heavy for it to sit on top of it. So they're going to have the most ridiculous shots out of this rough. And one of my favorite things to watch each year is like the weekend before the U S open starts is the ball drop. You know, what they do is they always got to do it. The U S open actually did it this year. Usually it's some of the players that do it and they drop three balls from just like 12 inches and they, every single one of them sunk to the bottom. So, you know, it's going to, it's going to test the, every part of the game. You got to hit the fairways. You got to hit the irons because the green side chip shots are going to be tough too. So you're going to have to chip the ball well, and you're going to have to putt. So, you know, it's just going to be one of those things that is, it's going to be a typical U S open and we're just going to get, get the views and we're going to get the whole LA thing. And I think it's just going to be, I think it's gonna be fantastic. I think it's gonna be utterly fantastic. And, and Saturday night, you know, we're going to be watching the, the, the back nine starting at eight thirty nine o'clock at night that they're going to take it to basically 11 PM. I think that's going to be cool as hell. And, yeah. It's just it's we're set up for a week here. Yep. Uh, I, and one other thing I like about this tour, and and this is a lot like Riviera, is that that handshake first hole, like, hey, here you go, here's a short par five, nothing to it. Go ahead, you can make your birdie. But I, I'm a, I'm gonna come at you on the second hole, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw like a 505 yard par four, and you're probably gonna make bogey. <laughs> um, uh, so. Again, some of these designers, they just kind of have those similar tendencies from course to course. This is just like Riv with that opening hole. I think 16, 17, 18 is going to be just a fucking brute um, from what I've seen. Yeah. I mean, you 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 will be happy if you if you had the lead coming down the stretch to make three pars, you'll win because I don't think anyone's going to be chasing you down on those holes. Um, Storylines uh, coming in this week. Um, it's kind of been dominated, obviously, by the the larger news with the Live PGA Tour merger. I actually, I, want, I don't want to say Live PGA Tour merger. I want to say PGA Tour with the PIF merger. Um, but from a player perspective, um, you know, we're coming off uh, two majors where stars have won: John Rahm, the Masters, and Brooks Kepka, the PGA Championship. Um, what what's what's one or two storylines you're looking at, or if it's if it's a player trying to get his first, or um, you know someone trying to get their second, third, fourth, whatever it is? Who are you looking at as far as guys that you're looking to see how they're going to perform under the spotlight this week? Well, one one guy, uh, he's at the top of the board, but I think it, he's definitely worth talking about with just how well he's playing tee to green is is Scotty Scheffler. Is can he turn this unheard of ball striking um, into into a win? I mean, like like you said, uh, you know, last week on the podcast that uh, you know he could have easily won one, two, three, four, five of the last events 
with how well he's played by just being an average putter and right. getting that putter going. So it, it's whether he can ride this, you know, just this phenomenal run of of strokes gained tee to green. Can he can he do it? Can he uh, um, you know can he get that win? Can he make some putts? Can he just be an average putter and and is that good enough to win? And it seems like seems like it would be. So yes, he's already won the, won a major championship, but this is a guy in his prime playing as good as any pretty much any golfer has in in our generation here you know can he get that win there so that's that's a big one for me is can he justify that seven to one number and and you know win another major championship there and then the other one um you know we could Rory's going to be an obvious one, but we're not going to talk about that because he's always going to be the story. And there's just so much going on with him on and off the golf course. But one guy who I've got to start seeing something from, and I, just, I, I mean, we're both shocked that we they has that he hasn't performed is Patrick Cantlay. He is a UCLA guy. This is his. Mm-hmm. This is his area. He's a SoCal dude. Went to went to college. You know here. At some point, he's going to have to show up and and you know and, and win. I mean, yes, contend, but but actually win a major championship. I think some of the guys you look at, you know, they're they're good players, and they you know like a like a Xander Schauffele is a phenomenal player, but you know he he'll almost luck into a major at some point, you know, something like that. But I think Patrick Cantlay, with as as hot as we've seen him, you know, when he won the FedEx Cup a couple years ago to his, you know, his good play as a, as a younger player, um, you know, when he won in Las Vegas and, and, you know, play had a lot of great stretches of golf. He just, anytime a big event comes, it's just, it's just not there. And I think this is a perfect opportunity that he's got to, he's got to start showing up to these to be taken seriously for, uh, you know, as as a guy, uh, will he ever win a major championship? So those are the two. And I mean, you could look at there. There's countless guys. You know, you could look at Brooks Kepka. You know, Big Bad Brooks is he going to come back and and uh, um, you know contend here? You know, you could look at Morikawa. Can he make a putt? You know, look at Finau. Is he going to break free? But the yeah. the Scheffler and the Cantley one. Those are the two that really kind of jumped out at me. Hmm. I was going to group together um, Cantley, Xander. And Finau as this entity of great American players that haven't broken through. Um, and it, it, in some aspects, this golf course seems like it would be a fit for all of those guys, at least parts of their game. But yeah, we, we talked about it. We've talked about Cantley multiple times. We, I think I railed on Finau after I, I, I swore the PGA was a great setup for him and he did not play well. Um, swore him off after that but i mean these guys you start you start thinking like okay what the clock is the clock is they're not they're not old but they're not they're not like mid-20s you know i think they're all over 30 maybe xander's just under 30 now but i mean i'm telling you these like the the next generation comes and they start winning the morikawas and um Shefflers, I mean, so they've already proven that they've they've they can win the big one, and these guys are still on the clock. So I, I'm I'm watching them this week again. Max Homa, 
it's like too clean of a storyline, right? I mean, to be a be a LA guy win a US Open in LA and 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 really we just haven't seen Max contend really period in any major. Um seeing him be around on the weekend would be fun. It would be so much fun, even if he doesn't win, just to um I think it, he he brings in he's bring he brings in more viewers he brings in more of a mainstream audience a little bit now and he's just a fun guy to root for so I'm I'm rooting for Max you know just just for the game of golf I think that'll be fun um, but yeah you mentioned a couple Rory I mean we could talk ad nauseum about him but I don't think there's I don't think there's really much more needs to be said I mean if anything though I was thinking about this today I mean this this whole thing that happened this last week could be a net positive for Rory, though, I think he can kind of he doesn't have to repeatedly answer questions about live at his pressers anymore. Um, you know, he kind of gave his his thoughts and feelings this week and, and, and you know, it's not going to stop, but I think it will stop and he can kind of just focus on the golf and he doesn't have to be this, you know, front man for the tour any longer. Um so maybe there's some pressure off. I don't think he's necessarily sharp. We can talk about that when we get to the odds, though. Um, other than that, though, yeah, I think I think we're, I really do think we're looking at. I mean, it, it sounds like a broken record, but if you listen to our first two major podcasts, I think we probably said we're looking at a star that's going to win, and I I do think it's I do think it's that type of week again. I mean, we we I think we looked at recent majors last five six years there, there really hasn't been any flukes um there really hasn't been there hasn't been a um i don't know who's who's the ultimate fluke major winner um in the last 30 years i don't i don't like know steve jones or something like that <laughs> steve, steve jones there you go yep um or uh todd hamilton's that kind of thing right that would yeah. that, that would be the ultimate but i just don't think we're seeing that this week um should we get to the odds? Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of guys. I want to talk about a lot of guys this week. Yeah, we got a lot to get to. I'm going to share the screen here. I got odds checker up, and I, I do this because I've noticed a lot of variance in some of the odds this week. Um, we already talked about Scotty leading off the odds here. You can get him as good as plus 750 on FanDuel. Brooks is at plus 1100 on multiple books, John Rahm at plus 1100 on FanDuel, Rory at 12 on FanDuel. It looks like FanDuel is kind of the winner here. Cantley and Hovland at 17, um, Xander at 20. Um, oh, Zalatoris is still in a couple of books. You want to grab him at 22. Um, that's kind of, kind of odd. So those are the guys that are under 30 largely you might you might find some other guys that are under 30 on um some books but for purposes of tonight though that's the group what four seven guys here um so i know you said you had a future on scotty is there any reason why he won't be in contention this weekend it's because if he if he's not in contention he just won't be sharp with uh with either his driver or his irons. Um, the putting is going to always be just what it is. And like I said, we just have to ask for average. We just have to ask for average. But if he's a little bit off with his irons, he I've noticed in the last, I would say since the end of last major season, so into this season, he's becoming more and more frustrated when um, when parts of his game aren't quite there. 
And not sure if that totally affects them a lot, but I think it's enough. You see that outward frustrations when, uh, when things aren't quite going his way because of what he expects out of his golf game. Um, you know, you, you can't, you can't have that consistently in the United States open. It's just, it's the ultimate test of golf for 72 holes and you've got to be sharp for, uh, for all four days there. So that is why that was the only thing that would, uh, um, kind of concern me. I, I did want to get him in there because I, I was worried about him going to like six to one. I did bet him uh, on a future a few weeks ago. Cause I just was okay with where he was liked his ball striking. I said, you know what? Worst case is I can maybe bet him uh, a win bet with a top five insurance and still get that at plus odds. And DraftKings has him at uh, plus 60 on a, or plus 160 on a top five bet. So if he, if he's playing solid, good golf for Scotty Scheffler, there's a real good chance that he'll still end up there in the, uh, in the top five. Um, but the question for you is, is I know you generally don't like numbers that low on guys and taking chances with it being a U.S. open though. And, and seeing the, the T to green numbers that he he's put up is, will he make your card at all? I thought about this today and I, I, I kind of think he's going to win. So yes. Um, yeah. it goes, sometimes, you know, we, we, we talk about these numbers so often and sometimes we say, you know, if that guy wins it, I think we said this week with Rory at Canadian open at five to one, Hey, if he wins, he wins, I won't be part of it because that number is so short, but majors are a little bit different. Um, you know, we intend to invest a little bit more money into the majors because it's fun to be part of that scene. If you, you hit a winner or first round leader, even top fives, top tens. It's just, it's, it's a little bit more excitement. And uh, um, I, I just, I just don't see a, a path where Scotty plays much differently than he's been playing the last six, eight weeks. Um, again, I mean, I looked at data golf today. I mean, he's having one of the best ball striking seasons of the past 25 years. And I mean, we're talking tiger 2000, type of 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 comparisons um so i don't i don't take that lightly I, I don't see any reason why lacc wouldn't be a great fit for him um uh, if he misses greens he has a great ability to get up and down he's creative around the greens we saw this with his win at augusta last year so i i'm i'm i love scotty this week and I, yeah i probably will bet him at the seven and a half to one and um Again, if you want to get some sort of reasonable payout, then you got to invest a little more, and then that's okay. I, I think it's worth it. So yes, I'm on Scotty this week. I'm just I'm just following the trends. I'm following the numbers, and at some point, he just can't keep putting this badly. Um, we we talk about putting being having a lot of variance and week to week, and well, it's it's not worth that way for him. But I'm hoping I'm hoping it it, it kind of evens out this week. What about Brooks at 11 to one on multiple books? Um, I mean, back to back majors seems crazy for some, but he's done it a couple times already in this career coming off this fifth major win. We did. I, I feel bad. We didn't even talk about him really the week before uh, the, or the PGA podcast. We, I don't even know if we brought up his name and uh, made us look pretty silly. Um, major Brooks seems back. Um, what do you think? Yes, and he, I actually uh, bet him either 
during the final round of the PGA or right after the PGA finished, because after seeing major major Brooks back, I mean, in in my years of watching golf, which is thirty plus years, um, he's about the only guy. Him and Tiger are the only ones I'd feel comfortable to say, yeah, they could win any and all majors that they play in. So, you know, he's not going to get the warm up week uh, with the uh, with a live event like he did before the PGA. So there was no, I don't think there was a live event, was there? I don't think so. I didn't see anything before the PGA. No, but like this week, was there? There wasn't oh, a live event this weekend, no. was there? No. Okay, I, I, I don't. Okay, so with, with that being said, you don't though, follow it that closely. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry, I don't. I don't. I just happen to. I, I turn, you know, when I go to see Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the CW and it's not on and the lives on, that's when I know. So, that's right. Um, but anyways, uh, no, I'm going to bet him. I uh, already did actually. So I'm going to bet him and I will probably plus one plus money at a top 10. I mean, the, the dude's back and he may miss the cut or may not play well. And you just got to, you got to, you got to take that. But, you know, 11 to one isn't great. Normally you don't bet these guys to win back-to-back majors, but Brooks Kepka is is different. And years ago, when we first started doing this podcast, the rule was is never fade Brooks in a major, and we are we are back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you you are most likely right. I, I probably won't be on them just because I, I think I'll funnel my money a lot into Scotty um, and maybe two other guys that are under forty to one, but. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. I don't expect it, but also wouldn't shock me. And um, I, he, he, he has, I can't, I couldn't be more stunned by this resurgence this year after, I mean, we kind of both wrote him off and uh, couldn't be more impressed. John Rahm at 11 to one on FanDuel, um, eight or nine on many books. Um you know, it just seems like something's a little bit off, and I guess for him, it's the putting mostly as well. I mean, uh, I was at the Memorial. I saw him play. I didn't see too much wrong with the ball striking. It's not quite to the Scheffler level, but um, it's, you know, I, I for some reason, I just don't – I'm not feeling it as a ROM week. What do you think? Well – no, I I agree with you there. It just it just doesn't. Maybe there's some burnout. Doesn't feel like it's he he's as sharp. And and looking at his last few events, there there isn't a whole lot to get super excited about at you know nine and ten to one. I it's hard to say. I don't. Did you see that little clip from uh, um, Matt Adams of the Golf Channel? Yes, where he talked about a former number one player was about to sign with Liv. Yes, that, he's had the one, only, that had won multiple majors. He's the only one that fits that category of a recent number one yeah. with multiple majors. So I don't know if there was a lot going on here in the last couple of months with uh, with some things going on behind the scenes that we you know that we aren't aware of, but the golf game was has been incredible since January 1st and you know at some point you know we're now 6 months down the line we could say you know what he's still great but you know if I, looking at Scotty versus John Rom I am going to take Scotty 
So I don't think I'm going to actually bet Rom. I was I was thinking about betting several of the top five guys because I think where this is going to come from is is under plus is thirty to one and less for the winner. But I just right now that value at at between nine and eleven to one isn't quite there as much as it was you know a month ago. Obviously, when he was just dominating. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it's it's gonna happen this week. Um but again, it's also John Rahm and he's awesome at golf and he could come out and shoot five under the first day and just put on a tour de force. I you know, so you can't discount these guys when it's just their week, but it just it just feels like something's missing. You know, I don't necessarily want to go through every player, but I, I do. I just want to make that note about Rory that I just I feel like, and it sounds silly to say, but three straight top tens, led the Memorial after fifty four holes, was in contention for the Canadian Open, but he just doesn't feel like the sharp Rory that maybe he was at times last year, um, and so I, I, I'm probably not going to be on Rory this week either. Um, and, and I don't know, just something something kind of worries me about like his 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 major performance this, this this year as well, in conjunction with what we've seen on the golf course, not finishing on the last couple Sundays. Um thoughts on Rory. Yeah, I, I think there's I think burnout and whether he admits it or whether he is burned out is is, is a question, but Playing that many weeks in a row, like you said, um, you know, playing good golf. I really thought we were going to maybe see something after Saturday's round when he uh, he kind of went off on that back nine yesterday, um, but really did nothing today. I, I think it's just kind of not going through the motions, but it's just between with everything that has happened, there's just a lot going on there. But you know, it's going to be it's going to be hard because it's just it's Roy McElroy, you know, and it's just like, but he hasn't quite hit that number to where it's like, okay, we got, we got to bet him. So I'm, what I'm going to do is each morning here, um, I got a little sticky note and I'm going to put it on my bathroom mirror and I'm going to get real close to it and be like, you are not going to bet Rory to win a, win the U S open this week. You're not going to do it. I feel Whether like we, I, I feel like we got a list, a long list of those kind of guys. Well, we do, but this guy is the most, <laughs> Yeah. This guy's the most addicting one to to it want because you know what he'll do is he'll birdie two, he'll birdie the first hole, birdie the third hole. You know if he gets a morning wave tea time, and you're going to be like two under through three, and you're just going to be like hammer the hammer a win bet and at like plus four hundred, and you know I'm going to do something that's stupid, and I'm just I'm ready for it. But you know I got to tell myself I just I just can't bet him. I just can't bet him this week. I. I might even consider fading him if I, in a matchup against maybe Scheffler or or Kepka, if if those two play against them. But gotta tell myself, gotta be off for of Rory this week. Fair enough. Uh, we are we are talked a little bit by Cantley and Xander. Um, are are you on on them or off of them this week? Um, uh, Cantley, I'll consider a win bet, but I think I'm off of them. Pretty sure I am, but I, the, the SoCal thing just just seems the the LA thing just draw, draws me in. So 
that's a that, that's I'm still on the fence about that. I don't hate it, but I yeah. thought he was going to be better at Memorial and really wasn't. He got in contention and then just absolutely wheels fell off and and didn't play well over the weekend there. Yeah. Xander Xander's this you know not going to bet him on a win bet, but what can we get him at here? You can get him at plus one ninety on a top ten, so you got plus money on that. And you think he does have a chance to win plus four hundred on a on a top five isn't bad either. So I, I expect him to play well, um, just because that's just what Xander Shoffley does. Um, but I I just you know at twenty to one still I just still don't think that's good value for him getting a win. I just don't I can't believe that he doesn't fall closer to like that thirty to one what you see you know like when Bryson was still a guy or what JT has fallen to sometimes you know he just can't get to that number he just always hovers around that sixteen to eighteen to one. Yeah, um, my my short answer on both of them is I I will not be part of it if the if they win this week I will I will not be on either one of them. The one that I'm 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 torn on is Victor at seventeen. Um, on FanDuel 16 on DraftKings. Um, I, I think it helped to get a big win uh, a couple weeks ago. I, I He's been part of the major picture, three straight majors going back to the, the Open last year. Um, I, and I know we talked about this. You know, we feel like he graduated a little bit on the short game, but I'm not there yet with um, – I do think it's helped – at least, at least at the PGA with and the Memorial, some of the sh- some of the short game shots are largely the same. You know, kind of the chop it out, deep rough around the green. I, I still want to see how he does with this type of layout. I guess more of a Masters type um, around the green game this week, and a, a, a little bit of that gives me the willies. But again, I, I still feel like he's unlocked something. And um, I think there's a good chance he could continue it. So now I just got to decide: do I want to do I want to put my money on seventeen to one? What do you think? Yeah, the the number is is maybe a, a smidgen short for me, but you know he showed a lot. He showed us a lot at the uh, PGA Championship and then the Memorial. I mean, that's a great win right there in and of itself there. But um, if he's got a morning tea time, I'm betting him first round lead. He's on, he's going to be on my card. Because he can, when he gets going with those irons and he, and and he can make birdies and you could see you could see a first round sixty six or something like that that uh, you know ends up getting a lead there. So mm-hmm. don't still don't love him at a at a major championship because I think there's just a lot you know he could quickly go south with that short game. So yeah. no, I don't think I'll win bet him, but I I, I think he'll play good golf this week. I think I'll look at him in a top ten or top twenty market, in addition to uh, in addition to a first round lead bet. Let's get to the thirty and above range, thirty to fifty, and I think largely this group is um, made up of a guys, a lot of guys that you might normally see higher that have slid. Um, Jordan Spieth. Uh, his best number is at 32. Max Homa also at 32. Cam Smith at 33. Uh, Finau at 33. Colin Morikawa has slid back to 34 on FanDuel, um, probably because of the back injury. I would I would have to guess. Matt Fitzpatrick at 35 to one. DJ at 40. Hatton at 40. Justin Thomas at 46 to one. Hideki at 48. 
uh, Bryson, Cam Young, Jason Day. And those are the ones that top out at 50. Um, I, there's there's a lot going on in this group. Um, I guess I guess it's noteworthy to talk about Morikawa at 34. I don't know how concerned we are with back spasms. Um, it sounds like the first time he's ever had them when he had to withdraw from the Memorial last round. Um, some sort of exercise or stretch that he was doing in the morning caused that. Um, I've had back spasm. It is awful now if it's a one-time thing and he's obviously got premium treatment and um, access to all that, then, then maybe he's fine. But the, that is a little bit of a worry. What are other thoughts on you have from, from any guys in this group that we just talked about here? I I can't believe JT is topping out at 46 to one. I mean, I didn't want to start there. <laughs> I, I know. I, I don't want to talk about it really, but it's just one of those things that's like, dude, how can it be that? But I mean, you know, I guess he's kind of at that point, but this golf, this, this golf course fits him. I mean, he, you know, he's a good driver of the golf ball. He's a great iron player. And it's just, can he, can he get that putter going and, and uh, you know, make some putts there. So I, I see that right there. Um, I did want to, to address the Morikawa thing. I'm not, I'm not overly worried by the, the, the back injury. Um, you know, I, I kind of heard the same thing that it was, it was a, you know, a first time thing and it was precautionary and, and they figured out why it was happening. Um, I'm more concerned about him making putts to be completely honest and not really, you know, tee to green there. So, and he's still hitting his irons really, really well. So I, he, he's in that number where it's like, it's almost an auto bet for me, at least, uh, you know, something I, I per- personally, what I did this week is I, I bet very little on the uh, Canadian open. Cause I was going to save what I would normally my normal allotment and then carry it over and then use it towards US open. So I'm going to have several in this area here. And cause we're getting close to the end of, where I think we're going to find a winner. So, you know, I got to look at this real carefully. And I think Morikawa can still win. It's just, it's just coming up with an average putting week there. Um, Another guy I have a, uh, uh, I bet a long time ago was Max Homa. We, we, you know, we had talked about him and him and California. That's where a lot of his wins come from. So if he's going to win a major championship, this might be the best chance, but he's just got nothing behind it. So, you know, Pretty good number at thirty-two to one. I, I think it's the FanDuel book there. Um, yep, 30, thirty-two to one on that is also a good number. Yeah, um, kind of loving almost all these guys here. And then the other two I want to talk about is Terrell Hatton. Uh, had a gr- unbelievable finish today. Great round of golf today in Canada. Um, had a legit shot, and he was actually tied for the lead or the leader in the clubhouse for a little bit there at sixteen under par. So. He's lingering. He's playing really good golf. I don't know though. Can he? Can he get through seventy-two holes with uh, with with who Tyrrell Hatton is? But the golf shots are there, and the game is there. It's so maybe you look at him in a in a top ten or top twenty market. But the you know I think he's going to make the cut. I think he's going to play well. I like him a lot uh, a lot this week. Don't absolutely love him as like a you know as a lock win bet 
for me where I would uh, definitely bet them. And then the other guy is, is Hideki. Um, mm-hmm. playing, playing better. Hopefully he's healthy. The, the issue that concerns me with Hideki is the health. You get, you know, you get these injuries that you don't really know about. They don't come out until Wednesday night or Thursday morning. And it makes it kind of d- tough to, with him, but these guys have all hit that number. Hideki, JT, uh, Tyrrell and, and Colin Morikawa are all at that number where I'm like, you know what? I got to look at firing. And beyond that, there was, I, I didn't love many of the other guys. So yeah. I think this is where we're going to see a good chance. If not that first group that we talked about, I think this is where there's a good chance we could see a winner from this, mm-hmm. this group. I mean, I think Hideki seems healthy. I mean, he led the Memorial through two rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, he was tied, I guess, or he was up there. He was leading early in the third round, and then he, he dropped off. But I think he showed pretty good um, sustainability with the health being there through four rounds. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you. I'm gonna. I mean, I think I think this will legitimately surprise you. My favorite win bet, and I'm not saying he's going to win, but I'm going to automatically bet him probably tonight. Um. Jordan Spieth at 32 to one. I was curious of your thoughts on him. I wanted you to talk me. I actually wanted either somebody to talk me out of him or into him. So I like, I want you to talk me into him. Well, I, here's, here's the reasons. Um, I, I, I think we had some concerns about the wrists. I, I, uh, maybe going to the PGA. That's I'm kind of beyond that now. I, we've seen enough golf where and good golf from him. He, he, uh, what's, what's kind of the knock on Jordan, uh, largely it's off the tee, right? Um, he's not short, but he's not, he's not the bomber like Scotty Rory. Um, but he's long enough. He led the, he led the field in the PGA, uh, strokes gained off the tee that week. Um, which to me was kind of a wow thing at the Memorial, um, I don't think he had his A game, but again, he scrapped it around in a speed like fashion to top five it. I think this course I've, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I, I see shades of Augusta. I don't think there's any bet, any guy that's been better the last decade at Augusta than Jordan Spieth. Um, hitting off of side hill lies, uneven lies. You have to use your creative juices a little bit more. That's where Spieth seems to thrive. Um, we know he can scramble when he misses greens. Um, I think he's one of the better lag putters going. Now, these four or five footers the last couple of years have been a little scary for sure. Um, but I think we're getting a version of Spieth right now that is striking the ball really, really well. Um, and uh, from a motivation standpoint, I think I think he's – He's he's ready for that 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 next step. I mean, he hasn't won a major in six years now, and um, I, you know maybe a guy like Brooks winning and getting his fifth will light a fire under these guys uh, that haven't won one in a while and have multiple majors. So I'm I'm in on Spieth this week. Um, I'm also in on a similar type of game as his, um, a similar type of player. And I don't normally bet this guy, but I'm. I think I'm going to take a stab at Cameron Smith as well for some of the same reasons. Um, I think wow. he, he played pretty well at the PGA under the radar. Um, 
so much about the live guys. Um, obviously came to a head at the PGA with Brooks winning, but Cameron Smith, I think he shot 66 the last round, top 10 it. Um, so for a lot of the same reasons, and Cam Smith plays Augusta well, I'm I'm, I'm really leaning into this course comp. Um, I, I I don't mind Smith at 33. I don't like him as much as as Spieth though. Um, to follow up on a couple of guys you mentioned, JT at 46 is is it's one of the most astonishing numbers. I, it might be the most astonishing number since we've been doing this show since November 2020 that I can remember. I, I, it's like you. You, you see it and you don't think it's real because we're used to seeing him in majors at 12, 14, 16. So to basically be four times that is, um, it's, it's, it's hard to swallow, but I got to tell you, he, he looked really bad at the Memorial kind of looked lost. And you kind of wonder now if it's filtered into his, his thought process, his mental game. Um, so I, I just don't know how you can feel good even even at that number that he actually has a legitimate chance of winning. Um, I'm with you on Morikawa though. I, I, I constantly come back to him on these type of um, major layouts because I, I, I think we both value the same thing approach. I still think he's, if not the best top two or three, and um, it all comes down to just whether the guy can get the ball in the hole. Cam Young at 50 is is tempting, but he just does not seem to be anywhere close right now. Um, he was pretty bad this week at the Canadian, pretty bad at the Memorial. So I, I don't think you can feel great about Cam Young's game right now compared to where he was last year. Uh, 50 and above. I don't know if you've gone through and, and looked at anyone, circled anyone. Uh, typically we kind of name a couple guys that we have on our radar at that number. Um, so who are those people for you? Ooh, 50 to look at 50 and more. Yeah. Let me just ask you, what about Rick Fowler? Not, not to win. And I, but I'm not, I don't think I'm going to bet anybody 50 and over to win this week. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, absolutely on Rick. Um, Playing great golf, he, he's he's getting there. The, you know, he he's working hard, and that the putter is getting better and better. The ball striking is improving. He, I think he's going to have a good week. This, the, I think this golf course is, is, I think it's pretty solid. It's a pretty good setup for him. So, I'm I'm in on him. Um, one guy I actually might con- I consider to win, but. I, I, I take that back because I wasn't going to, but, uh, and again, I always bring him up as Adam Scott, but this, like I said, I compared it to the Australian golf courses. He he's the Aussie played all those, you know, um, all those golf courses. He plays Augusta very well. So it fits and he's a phenomenal iron player and, and great driver of the golf ball. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, uh, it's a good number. And I mean, you could do you know, plus five fifty or so as a, as a top 10 is, is pretty good. And, and I, and I like him. Um, a lot of these, these names, you know, we're not going to come up with these groundbreaking names because it's hard to get guys that you don't necessarily trust here in the U S open. So like, I'm going to say Keegan Bradley and it's going to be like, Oh God, Keegan Bradley, they freaking talk about this guy again, but Keegan Bradley, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty good. And even at a hundred to one, it's like, you know what? 
that's that's not too bad there. I and mean, he finished what like yeah. third place or something like that at the country club. Yeah. Um, I know he's a northeast guy, not a not a west coast guy, but where where this U.S. US Open is compared <clears throat> to last year. But you know, at that kind of a number there, you you know you look at him in a in a top. 20, 30, 40 market, and you could get really good plus money there. Um, go ahead with some of yours. Um, you know, I go back to Denny, um, not not to win here, but, um, you know, Data Golf has Denny McCarthy as, a, as the 20th best player in the world right now, and um, you're getting ridiculous wow. value. He's a, You can get him as, as, as good as 125 to 1. Um, so I, I, I'd, I'd look at the top 10 or 20 number on Denny McCarthy. Um, looks like top 10 plus 750. And he has, he proved last year in the U S open. I think he finished top 10 as well. Um, so maybe, maybe he's, this is, I'm not making a joke. Maybe he's meant for the bigger stage. <laughs> um, you know, some of these guys are just wired that way. Um, I don't mind the Adam Scott pick. I, I just, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say about it. I keep thinking maybe there's like a late stage second major for him, but then we get further and further into his career. And it just seems less likely. Um, you know, though, I, out, outside of, of Denny, um, it, it's just tough to see any of these guys down the board. Even what about the, what what about what about Keith Mitchell this week? He played well at uh, you know almost won the uh, uh, tournament in L.A. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some obviously same designer and everything like that. Uh, I think his name's popped up at, with some with some okay play here lately. I mean, do you, he's way down the board, but you know, in in a top ten or top twenty market, do you you think he he can he can show up here and and uh, finish well i don't know his u.s open history either so yeah, i don't I either and, and top 20 maybe I, I i i looked um actually looking at his data golf his his approach numbers are not are not real encouraging if you're looking for you know that second shot guy um i think he's an out, he's an unbelievable driver of the ball um i think he puts well on on bermuda um which this week it's it's is it bent this week or is it Poa? The the I well since it's California, it's probably Poa. I I didn't actually look, but most likely Poa. But um, he's he he again. He was on not a, not a heater, but a decent run of play earlier in the year. But I, he's just kind of making cuts barely and getting by. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel great about Mitchell. But um, you know Tom Kim at one hundred and sixty to one, but he has wow. really he has really cooled off from his run the end of end of last season. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I just don't have a strong feeling about any of these guys down here making you know a push besides Denny, who's shown some good form. I'm not like you know normally Sam Burns at seventy five would catch my eye. I just don't I just don't see it right now with his game. Just doesn't seem very sharp no and it, it is hard to look at you know you know you're looking at some of these guys and feeling do they have a real legit shot at contending because it just does it feels like those those top guys there you like you said you could you could list a lot of these names and be like wow these 
these these numbers are crazy, but then you think about it and you're like, well, they're probably pretty appropriately priced. I know a guy we've we've been big on is Tom Hoagie. You'd think this would be a good Tom Hoagie golf course. Yeah. Um 200 to one on DraftKings. Um, you know, that's that's a that's a big number, but you know, yep. He he's he's won a PGA tour event before and and I he can get around on the golf course really well, but you know, he's kind of one of those streaky guys. I see your your guys, uh, Patrick Rogers and and Luke List or Luke List is four hundred to one, but I, I that's you know, disrespectful. Maybe, <laughs> it is, but uh, it's, probably, it's probably not. Um, no, I actually think Rogers is, is he's probably a better fit for this type of course. Um, I, I, but whatever. Um, yeah, I I. I just, I don't, I'd have to go, we'll go through it a little bit, obviously, before we make our official picks. And if there's anyone we like, um, they'll, they'll make the board there. But uh, yeah, to me, not, not a lot past that 50 number for actually winning. And then between 50 and a hundred, a couple of those guys, like you mentioned, top tens and twenties, like Fowler has been kind of an auto top 20 this year. He doesn't have a lot of top tens, but he's, he's been pretty good at the top 20, top 25 market, just kind of, you know, plays well on the weekend, makes his way up the board, hasn't really threatened contention since the fall. Um, guys like Justin Rose, Corey Connors, Fleetwood. There's just nothing that I see there where I'm like, yep, after watching Tommy Fleetwood in that playoff today, he's going to win the U.S. Open. And in fact, now I feel more strongly he's not going to. <laughs> yeah. but Yeah, I think with having the extra day, though, from when this podcast is coming out, we'll – we'll have to look a little bit deeper at these because there's got to be, you know, there's always guys that, that you could kind of poke out and, or pick out and uh, you know, they end up playing well, but you're right. I just, I feel this is just going to be the top of the board where you place your win bets. And, you know, maybe you could make a little bit of money off of the, uh, off of the top tens and top twenties because, you know, this golf course is going to, is going to test, everybody and it's going to be a freaking blast to watch and to see these guys play it and i i'm i can't wait this usually i'm i'm excited about the masters and you know all the majors in of itself but just to see la country club is going to be just phenomenal yep so on, on the bingo card this week with with mbc um doing the telecast so the barranca multiple mm-hmm. multiple times a day yeah. Um, Max Homas from LA. Yeah. Um, uh, gosh, what else? I mean, oh, Paul Azinger mentioning pressure on Saturday and Sunday at least a dozen times. He's so nervous he can't even spit. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so some of the some of the key things to follow as you're as you're watching. Um, so, who wins? Oh my God! I got to pick out a winner. I'm picking, I'm picking Scotty. Predictable. Yeah, but you know, I like that. I, I, I like it. Cause I got that. I, I put that, that bet on him there. Um, winner of the 2023 United States open. Oh my God. I'm getting, I forgot we I forgot usually I'm thinking about this ahead 
out of time. And I'm just stalling right now by just, just kind of talking here. Winner of the 2023 U.S. Open. Brooks Kepka. Dramatic. What? Brooks Kepka. That came out of nowhere. (laughs) Brooks Kepka is going to win. And we're all going to be angry about it. I'm I'm kind of shocked. I did not see that coming. I really did not see that coming. Actually, I really wanted to say Max Homa, but I just I I don't. Yeah. I, the fact that he's done nothing in the major championships, I I think Max is going to actually contend. I got the win bet on him, and I'm going to throw throw a top ten bet on him as well because I think he's going to contend with the California thing. But I just <clears throat> seeing seeing Kepka's look in his eye at just. Hmm. Fucking dude's healthy and it's number six. Wow. Stunning. I did not see that coming. Pick not to win. I think we've been on a pretty successful run of these. You want to fly close to the sun on this, but not too close and get and, and get hurt like I did at the 2021 open with Morikawa. So who's the pick <laughs> not to win? Pick not to win this week is uh is, is John Robb. That's that's a pretty big one. That's a pretty big. One. I was gonna, I could have copped out and said Rory because I talked about him, but nope. John Rom, you can play him in whatever market. I'm not betting him to win. <laughs> that's a that's a big one. Uh, my pick not to win is Rory McIlroy, um, and I'll give you uh, I'll give you a bonus one as well. Not that it it counts for much, but uh, Justin Thomas isn't going to win either. But you'd probably say that as well. Um. Not a surprise. I'd pick Tony Fino as my other guy not to win. Probably safe with that as well. Okay. Heard it here first. 2023 US Open at LACC should be spectacular. Well, picks out this week. Johnny, thanks for joining on a Sunday night. Enjoy your week, sir. Thank you. You too. Can't wait to watch. Picks out Wednesday. We'll see if the. Lovely Zach Fitzgerald can be part of the picks as well for this third major of the year. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. This should be the only podcast of the week. So enjoy the U.S. Open. We'll catch you next time.